This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God, we're on a new series this month, and it's a series on uh, how to uh, live through a bad day. Amen. Anybody out here ever have any bad days? You could be having one right now, <laughs> but praise God, you made it to church. Amen. I like to say this. I love church. And, you know, when you come together and to worship the Lord, it's like a little bit of heaven. Amen. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I need my little bit of heaven on Sunday morning, yes. Wednesday night. Yes. And, and when it, whenever we get together on, on our prayer, uh, prayer times and all that, I need God. Amen. And uh, I think some of you might need more of God. How many people need more of God in here? Amen. Amen. I'm telling you more, more God, more peace, more joy, more love. And so I'm telling you, you can't get enough of God. Amen. And I, I, I'm, I'm addicted to God. Amen. And that's a good addiction to be uh, to have is to be addicted to, to God. And but uh, and I'm addicted to peace and joy. And so we're going over uh, the seven statements that Jesus made on the cross. And um, Pastor Jack Hayford actually wrote a book on, you know, uh, the title of his book is How to Live Through a, a Bad Day. Uh, but um, we're kind of looking at that book and using that as a template for these for this series. So, so I uh, the title of the series is Keys uh, to Living Through a Bad Day. So, so it's these are keys that Jesus said on the cross that helped him get through uh, to where he's now at the right hand of the Father. Amen. And so uh, he made seven statements on the on the cross last week. Um, if you remember, the first statement that Jesus made was about forgiveness. And um, anytime we're going through a bad day, uh, you need to understand that a lot of times it's connected to people or a group or you feel like that you've been taken advantage of. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Yes. You've been hurt. Um, people are misunderstanding you. And so um, Jesus, you know, went through his crucifixion. You know, they nailed him on the cross, dropped him in that hole. And the first thing Jesus said was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Think about that. That was the first thing. Jesus was actually interceding for the people that were killing him. And that's powerful. And so we we can learn something from that. And uh, we learned some things last week that... That, you know, we need to and it wasn't just a statement that he made on the cross. He it was a prayer. He actually prayed three prayers on the cross out of the seven statements. Matter of fact, you can't you can't, you know, uh, all those statements are actually it's divided up in the four gospels. So you have to look at every gospel to look at every statement that he made. And so, you know, when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. um, it, it, It helped him to get his focus off himself and get his focus on others. And I'm going to say this, when we're going through a bad time, a lot of times we're focused on me, myself, and I. Amen. Amen. I, I like to call it the false trinity. Amen. Uh, so, so we found and discovered that forgiveness is a key to going through your bad day. Forgiving not just people that might be hurting us, but even sometimes we get upset with God. Boy, it's quiet in here today. Sometimes we don't understand things are going on in our lives 
And we have a tendency to blame God for those things. And, you know, you don't forgive God, but you adjust your attitude. Amen. Because God is always perfect. And if there's something going on in our lives that's not right, it's not God's fault. Thank you for those amens. It's not God's fault. Either we're reaping what we sowed. Amen. Because we're, you know, we're reaping what we sowed. Or the enemy's coming against us in some way because we're trying to do what's right. And so either you're doing something right. That's why you're incurring a bad day or maybe some bad things are happening because you're trying to do some right things. And just because you're trying to do some right things, then you have the devil that's going to try to discourage you. Isn't that right? And so we can't allow the devil to discourage us in our race with God. Amen. Uh, one of our theme um, verses that, that we're, we're going to stick with is in Hebrews 12, 2. And this is a, a, a key verse here for the series. It says here, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus who is the author and perfecter of our faith, the first incentive for our belief, and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him, endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. And this is Hebrews 12.2, the Amplified. So this is saying that Jesus... He was able to endure one of the toughest days of his life. Um, He was able to endure that by focusing on the future, focusing on heaven, focusing on where Jesus really was placing him, which would be where God was placing Jesus, which is that right, right at his right hand. And also, I believe that Jesus made it through because he was focusing on you and I. Amen. He was focusing on us. He knew that we would be here today. He knew that we would answer the call. He knew that, you know, when he came knocking on our door of our hearts, that we would say, yes, Lord Jesus. Yes. And I believe most of you are saying yes to to Jesus today. And you might be a visitor today. You may be exploring your faith But I believe as you stick in and listen to these messages, you're going to want to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your lives. Amen. Amen. So so this is the first thing he said. Jesus said was, Father, forgive them for they know what they do. And then we want to look at what was going on during that time. He wasn't the only person being crucified. If you look at your bulletin, you will see that there were three crosses. Jesus was actually in the center and there were two thieves that were being uh, crucified with Jesus. And so this is something that we can think about when we're going through our bad day. Other people might be going through their bad day. Amen. So a lot of times uh, when we're going through a bad day, this here's the thought here. That a lot of times the enemy will try to make us think that it's just us going through our bad day. In other words, nobody else knows what I'm going through. That's That's what we tend to to think. Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. Nobody knows. Jesus knows. 
That's the most important one. Jesus knows what you're going through because he has experienced it. And we discovered that last week, how he experienced all the pain of the cross, betrayal, you know, being talked about. He, He has experienced it all so he could be our faithful high priest. So he was there on, you know, uh, on the mountain with two thieves, one on one uh, right uh, of him, one on the left. And uh, let's look at Luke 23:33, And it kind of sums it up here. And then we're going to look at Luke 23:39 through 43. And it says here in Luke 23:33, it says, and when they had come to a place called Calvary, uh, they there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and one on the left. And then let's drop down to Luke 23, uh, verse 39 to 43. It says, the one of the criminals who were uh, hung, blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuking him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing that you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed ju- we and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Amen. That's pretty awesome. This, this thief that was hanging on the cross, we have two thieves here. One was blaspheming Jesus and the other was honoring Jesus. And as I think about this, you know, one was actually blaming their circumstances, blaming God. And I think that we could either be one or the other thief. In other words, sometimes we can I think that we could even be the thief saying, God, why is this happening to me? Uh, you know, other people don't have it this bad. Why am I going through this? God, it's not fair. Well, you don't want fair. You want mercy. Because if you wanted fair, you'd pay for your own sins. So you don't want what's fair. You want what God has for us is mercy and grace. So don't ever use that. God, my life isn't fair. No, if it was fair, you would go to the cross. Amen. But but thank God that it's not fair. Thank God that God's mercy is upon us. And we don't want to be that thief blaming our circumstances or blaming God or blaming our parents or (laughs) blaming our co-workers. Why we're not happy. Amen. No, we don't want to be playing the blame game. And so that so that that. Uh, thief, he, he, he was playing the blame game. I mean, he was taking no responsibility with where he's at. And, and I'm, I'm going to say this, the closer you get to God and the, and the more you study the word, the word becomes like a light that wakens up any darkness in our lives. That's why we need to be reading our Bibles, because there's areas in our lives that aren't perfect. Thank you for that. Amen. And we need a light of God's word to reveal to us areas where we need to adjust in. Amen. And we all need to make adjustments, mainly in our attitudes. Amen. Amen. And so we need to just make a little adjustments. 
And so here we see that one thief was blaspheming. Was was he? All he wanted was uh, just to you know get have Jesus get him out of his pain. And the other thief, he 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 uh, took up for Jesus. And he started standing with Jesus. And, and he even said, Lord. In other words, he, he, he had enough revelation that Jesus was the Messiah. He had enough revelation and understanding. And he accepted the fact, even though Jesus looked as bad as he did, amen, on the cross, that Jesus was going through it for a purpose. And I'm going to say this, sometimes when we go through our pain, there is a purpose in pain. And you may not understand what that purpose is, but I believe that there's a purpose and it, it, will, it will help us really to have a ministry that God calls each one of us. Sometimes our, our, our problem and our pain could, can be our presentation. Amen. And revealing the goodness and the love of God that he brought us through that pain, brought us through. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? I'm talking to a dead old audience today. Amen. No, I think you guys are alive in Christ. Amen. And so we need to look at that. So so Jesus, um, uh, uh, he 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 recognized that this that this thief was reaching out to him and even in Jesus's pain Jesus said today you will be with me in paradise that's awesome that's why I like all you have to do is call upon the name of Jesus the Bible says and you shall be saved what does that word mean saved it means delivered and set free Whatever you're dealing with this morning, whatever you've been, whatever you've been dealing with this month, just call upon His name. Yes. Yes. Put your trust in Jesus. Yes. Thank Amen. You. Jesus can set you free. Yes, he, can. he can set you free more than a psychologist in three years of, of being under. Amen. The Holy Spirit can set you free. Yes. Look at your neighbor and say, you're free in Jesus. Amen. So we see this. And so we see that the second the, uh, a principle here is that um, another principle is that we need to get this idea when we're in our pain or in our struggle, we need to learn to reach out to other people that might be in their pain and their struggle. Amen. And a lot of times what we do is we turn inward, but we need to turn outward. Amen. And the enemy, what he wants us to do is get us so focused on ourselves and get us focused on what we don't have, what's not working, why things hasn't changed yet. And he tries to get the enemy tries to get us focused on the now. But we need to be focused on others and focus in on where we're going. Amen. And so here's here's some three keys when we focus on other people. One key is it distracts us from our own needs. When we start focusing on other people, when we're in our pain, it will distract us. And basically distract distract means it means that it helps us to look away at our suffering and look at somebody else in their need or in their suffering. Amen. Amen. And so we need to, it, it helps us to let go of what we're dealing with and embrace what somebody else is dealing with. And when you start embracing what other people are dealing with, sometimes they're dealing with things a lot worse than what you're dealing with. 
And sometimes you can thank your lucky stars that you're not where they're at. Amen. I'm telling you, that's that's awesome. I, I, I don't work in a hospital. My my um, sister-in-law works in, in a hospital. She's a nurse. And, I, you know, she goes every day and she sees sick people and she's taking care of these sick people and people in bad shape. I, she's probably so grateful when she gets back home, like, I'm glad I'm healthy and whole and sound. And are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And it takes a special person to help sick people. Amen. It takes a, a person with with compassion and love. And it takes a special person to let go of what you're dealing with to embrace somebody else's pain. Amen. Uh, the second key is it, it helps us see the solution. So when we're helping somebody else, we may even get a breakthrough solution for ourselves. In other words, you know, you might be in debt and, and you studying how to get out of debt. Somebody's asking you how to do it. You help you tell them how to get out of debt, how God may reveal it to you or in the process of you trying to help somebody. God can reveal to you a secret. He can reveal to you information that will help you. Amen. In other words, it will help you reflect on where you're at in your problem. Uh, sometimes I'm going through issues and uh, either my wife would say, well, don't you just listen to your own sermons. <laughs> you're all down and depressed today and you're, pre- you're preaching about don't be looking at the problem. You're right. I need to listen. It's easy to preach it. Isn't it? It's easy to say, hey, this is what you need to do to fix your life. You just need to do this and this, that and that. It's easy for us to tell other people how to run their lives, right? Amen. Amen. But it's hard when we're trying to. Well, you, you know, we can easily tell everybody, well, if you just eat right. And why we have the donut in our hand. If you just eat right. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. And we're trying to get a grip on it. So, so listen, it helps us see the solution. When we, see, when we seek the Lord for a solution for someone else, it could be the very answer we need for ourselves. Uh, the third key is it allows us to put everything in proper perspective. So when we're helping other people, uh, it can bring a, a proper perspective in where we're at. I, you know, I said this before, but I, I was single for a long time and um, uh, and I got married in my early 40s. And I know you still think I'm a young man up here, but anyway, and uh, but uh, I remember that, you know, being a single person, we have some singles in here. Sometimes you can get down being single. Can I get an amen there or amen? And but uh, but you got God, you got the Holy Spirit. They'll never leave you or forsake you. And so what I would do sometimes, I you know, this may not be too too godly, but I would watch divorce court. And then after anybody watch divorce court in here, I'm telling you, it is pretty good. They got some pretty good stories. It's amazing what some of these people are trying to divorce each other over. And uh, when I watched that, I was happy about being single. (laughs) I was like, these people are nuts. These people are crazy. And they're, you know, and, you know, they're cheating on each other. They're doing all this bad stuff. And it's like, man, I'm glad I'm single, man. Praise God. 
Amen. So, so, so sometimes it helps us to get a perspective when, where we're at. Again, when we see somebody when they're in their low state or in they're in a state that's a lot worse than where we're at, it helps us get a proper perspective. We don't have it that bad. I want to say this. You don't have it that bad. You're at Exceed Life Church. The best church on the East Coast. You don't have it that bad. I might be a little biased. But you're in Exceed Life Church where, where you exceed in life. So we've, we, 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 we discover that. So, um, so uh, let's look at something here. In John 4, 31 through 35, uh, we're looking at this story right here because Jesus was with his disciples and he was going through the land of Samaria, going back to his own hometown. And so he went through Samaria and his disciples uh, went to get some food. Obviously, they were tired. They were hungry. And uh, and this lady that was at the well, remember the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman? She was getting water. You may not remember this story. And Jesus was leaning against the well and he said, give me, give me some water. So he must have been thirsty. No, he was trying to get something to her. And she said, you being a Jew, how do you ask me for a drink of water? And then he started, he's, then he said to her, I'd give you living water. You remember that story? Yes. But you know, when the, it, you, when the disciples came back in John 4, 31, it says, in the meantime, his disciples, uh, when they came back, well, uh, they, they asked him, they said, in the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat, which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to another, has uh, anyone brought him anything to eat? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. So we see this, that Jesus, this, this is interesting, was Jesus is, he said, I have food you know not of. In other words, when we get involved in helping other people, we lose sight even of our own needs. And Jesus lost even the sight of being hungry. In other words, he was saying, my food is to do the will of God. And when we're so, when we're involved in doing the work of the ministry and loving other people, we forget about ourselves. And we get so caught up in doing other things, we even forget to eat. Are you here? When we're so caught up, have you ever done anything or working on a project and uh, you even forget to eat? And when we're when we're helping somebody, we get so lost in helping them that it actually feeds our souls. Amen. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but bread is good. I like bread. Fresh baked bread is good. Yeah, but mention but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I find sometimes when I'm ministering, I get fed at the same time. Amen. Like right now. I get blessed. Yes, amen. Because God is speaking through me. I'm a spokesperson for God. Yes, yes. And but I'm like, "Ooh, man, what I just said was good. I got to listen to that CD again." Amen. 
And you'll be amazed when you start stepping up and talking to people, God will fill your mouth. No, he's not a dentist, but he will fill your mouth with what to say. And sometimes you will be amazed because it's your heavenly father speaking through you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? All we need to be is yielded vessels. Amen. You know, there was a time where Jesus also was incurring some, I I believe, some grief. And that was a time where Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, that was the forerunner, that baptized Jesus. Now, they were cousins. They were only six months apart. They probably grew up together. They knew each other. They were buddies. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? They probably in, in their childhood, they knew each other. And Jesus got the report that John, his beloved cousin, was beheaded. Think about that. And this is Jesus. And some would say, couldn't Jesus have stopped that? No, listen, there's, there's reasons why evil goes on in this world. And I believe the main reason is because God loves us so much, he gives us free will. And he doesn't encroach on people's wills. And, and I really believe the reason why evil is still here until Jesus wraps everything up and discards evil for good, that it reveals to us how bad evil is. It, it reveals to us how bad people and how depraved man can be without God. We are depraved without God. Men can be very, go very low without God. I believe that's what evil is, that God wants to reveal to us. Evil is bad, and when you're connected to God, you can walk in His goodness. You can walk in His mercy. You can walk in His love. So, 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 So John was beheaded, but you know, the story isn't over yet. You know, the blood of the martyrs are still crying out in heaven. God has a special blessing for martyrs. And John is not going to lose out because he lost his head that day. No, God will always repay back. No matter what we're suffering. No matter what we're going through. In this life or in the life thereafter. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that God can make it up? He can make it up. He can make up whatever you're going through, whatever tragedy you've been through. God can make it up and he can give you double for your trouble. Somebody say, I have a Job ministry. No, nobody wants to say that, right? But have you read the end of the book? He got double for his trouble. He, He ended up a lot better off in the end than in the very beginning. You're just thinking about the, the, the hard time he went through. But he learned some things through that. Job learned some things through that. And we're going to learn things through the pain that we suffer. And we're going to learn that Jesus is a faithful high priest. Which the devil's trying to lie to some of us and make us think that he isn't. But he is the faithful high priest. Can I get an amen in the house today? So when Jesus heard of it, heard of what? Uh, his cousin's head being beheaded or his head being taken off. He departed from there. This is Matthew 14, 13 and 14. He departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. So Jesus actually went, went to a place just to get by himself. And that's the key too. whenever we're in, 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 you know, when things are coming against us, sometimes we just might need to get in. I like to get in my car and pray. 
you know, get in, drive for a little bit, pray, put some worship music on. Just sometimes you just need to just pull away from the house. Everyone, especially if you got three kids screaming. Amen. Sometimes if things are not, you know, maybe you're, you just got a, an argument with your spouse. Sometimes it's good just to get alone for a little bit. Get with God. Get a different perspective. And the God will say, you know the reason why she's upset because you did that. Oh, I didn't know that. I better get it fixed. You know what? <laughs> oh, you know why? Are you here when I say God will help you in that in that place uh, that you, when you get together, when you get with him, amen, in, in solitude. And so it says here that he, but when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when, the, and when Jesus went out and saw the great multitude, he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Amen. And so we see here that even though he was in a place where he was secluded for a little bit, I believe he was in that place to get built up with God. And then the the crowds came in to see him. And you know what? The compassion of God came upon him and he started ministering to the multitudes and started healing them. In other words, he started undoing the kingdom of darkness. And I'm telling you, whenever you get out of yourself and start helping other people and start promoting God, you are pulling down the kingdom of darkness and you're bringing up the kingdom of light. In other words, you're giving the devil a black eye. And we just sometimes when the enemy's coming against us and he's trying to do all kinds of manner of evil against us, we just need to go out and pray for somebody. We need to go out, knock on a door and witness to somebody. We need to pass out a card and invite somebody to church. Say, okay, devil, the more you do this, the more I'm going to destroy your king. We are, we destroy the kingdom of darkness by the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are ambassadors of the Most High God. Yes, thank you, Lord. Start giving him a, a black eye. I'm talking to the devil, and giving and a right cross. Amen? Amen. How do you do that? By ministering to others. Compassion welled up in Jesus. He understood why he was there. His purpose. We have a purpose, folks. Yes. It was not just for us just to be blessed but no it's for us to take the blessing that God has given us and give it out to a lost and dying world yes amen hallelujah are you hearing me today and I'm looking I don't I'm not looking out here at victims today I'm looking at victors you're not a victim you're not being conquered you are a mighty conqueror yes amen do you believe that today yes Amen. Yeah. Praise God. I can just stop right here. <laughs> Keep going. Teach. I'm not ready to shut this thing down. Man, it's getting good up in here. Yes. Praise you, Jesus. Man. Rewards of helping others. Isaiah 58, 10 and 12. Let's look at this for a second. Because there are great rewards in helping others, especially while we're in our pain. It says here in Isaiah 58, 10 through 12 we're reading out of the New King James Version. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness. And your darkness shall be as noonday. 
And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build up the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you'll be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. So we see here that when we reach out, out of our own pain, that God will satisfy our soul in our dark time. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Even though where we should be boo-hooing and crying and be upset with what's going on in our life. No, no, we can just wipe off the tears. And we can start putting something in somebody else. And as we start encouraging them, guess what happens to us? We get encouraged. When you start telling somebody, you already feel like throwing in a tail. You feel like quitting. You don't feel like going back to church. You don't feel like serving the Lord anymore. And but somebody comes to you and says, I'm about ready to quit. You you tell them, you can't quit. You got to keep going on. You got to keep doing it. You got In other words, you're encouraging yourself in a sense as you encourage others. I used to do phone ministry many years ago. I'd call somebody up and say and start talking to them about the goodness of God, what I saw in the Bible and start getting so excited. They'd they'd answer the phone. Hello. (laughs) Man, God is good. Man, you know what God is doing? He's doing awesome things. And, oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, and he's doing great things. And look what he just showed me in the Bible. And and all of a sudden, they start getting up. Yeah, God is good. Amen. You know, David encouraged himself in the Lord. But when he, not only once he had encouraged himself, the other people around him got encouraged. You know, it's, it's like it gets contagious. You get excited. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. I wish I could sing. <laughs> let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Praise Amen. Amen. So we just need to let our light shine. Look at your neighbors and let your light shine. Let your light shine. Amen. And I'm telling you, we're in a dark world, guys. Just a little bit of light in this dark world, amen, will expose so much darkness in people's lives. Do you believe that today? And so we see that. So if we're going to be free, we have to help others, amen? It looks a little bit like this. In 2 Corinthians 1, our journey looks a little bit like this. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7 says this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles. Underline that. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. Notice that? So we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower, uh, shower us with His comfort. Amen. So we see that, that, that He will shower us with His comfort. So the more we go through and God starts comforting us, He will shower us with His comfort. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And so, so in other words, whatever you go through, your pain can be your ministry. See, I've been through a divorce. I know what it's like to be, to have an unfaithful spouse. And so what, who better to minister to somebody 
that's that's going through divorce than me. I I I. I, you know, I've been through some issues, you know, I, we, my wife and I have a special needs child. What better is it for me to help somebody else with a special needs child? Because we know what that person is going through and we know how to stand in faith and we know how to teach other people how to stand in faith because it's, listen, we're not in heaven yet and it's not all perfect. I wish we were in heaven. I wish God would, once I got saved, I wish he would just beam me up, Scotty. (laughs) Jesus, rapture now. Beam me up, Scotty. Are you here? Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? Any Trekkies out here? Any Trekkies out here? (laughs) Beam me up, Scotty. There's no intelligent life form down here. No, no. And, um, You've heard that one before. But anyway. Amen. So anyway, so we, we look at this in Ecclesiastes. The reason, we, I want to say this, we need one another. You can't do this faith by yourself. You think you can. I mean, I'm going to, I, can I give you a quick little story? I've got to shut this down. But uh, Friday night, I went to Joyce Meyer Ministry uh, to her conference uh, in Hampton. And I asked Yen if she wanted to go. She said no, because we had all the kids and all that. So I went solo. And I drove the, the Beater, the, car, the, the Toyota Corolla, the 1998 Beater. Yin hates me calling it the Beater. It's her, it's her sweet car. Amen? <laughs> and, uh, and so I, call, I drove the Beater. You know, you get more gas mileage, you know, better gas mileage. But anyway, I drove up there, and it was a wonderful conference. I tried to get the front row seat. I figured that I had seat faith. Not seed faith, but seat faith. And, but I got there so late that it was, it was even Jesus himself couldn't get a seat that in front. You know what I'm talking about? Because they were all taken. Jesus would have created a seat, of course. And so, but I ended up getting a decent seat. I wasn't too high in the nosebleed section. And, uh, but uh, the, the, the service was awesome. I came back, you know, of course, at the end of the it was about 9.30. I got into my car, and I was pulling. I was in a big parking lot. I mean, that place was packed. And somebody said, hey, hey. And I rolled down my window. He said, you got a flat tire. I said, what? You got a flat tire. And I pulled back in, and I had a flat tire. And sometimes you don't even realize when you're driving your car you have a flat tire, unless you have one of those special cars that tell you your tire is flat or is low. Anybody have one of those cars that tell you that? The rest of you have the old beaters. Okay, we won't go there. But anyway, and nowadays they have a little button, you know, a little switch there to say that your car is flat. And so I had a flat tire. I'm thinking, well, you know, I've changed flats before. I can do this because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, and, and so I, I tried, you know, breaking that lug nut, nut and it's, uh, it has a special... These are special. These Toyota tires, I don't know why, but they have like a special key on there. So you, you have a special key that you have to put in there to unlock the lug nuts. It's not, it's not regular. And so when I was trying to unlock that lug, and you know, listen, if you ever try to change a tire you, to break that, you know, to break that lug, a lot of times it's instead of scraping your knuckles, take your, well, you may not want to do this, but take your foot and, and, and step on it so it breaks that lug. Well, I took my foot and stepped on it and I broke the key. Uh-oh. So I so I was I had to hold back some four letter words like glory to God and praise the Lord. 
And uh, I broke the lungs, right? And I'm like, oh, God. And, uh, and then, you know, I'm thinking, what am I going to do now? You know, what are you going to do now? But I have USAA insurance. I have free towing. But you don't want to go that route. But this guy came up from, uh, to the side and said, hey, can I help you out? I said, well, he, I, he said, can I help you out? I said, well, I can't seem to, I can't really do too much now. And he said, well, you know, and he looked, he looked like he was from West Virginia. You know, you ever seen those TV shows where the people, you know, they hunt crocodiles and stuff like that? You ever seen that? He looked like one of those guys. You know, hey, man, you know, and he had beard, you know, he looked, West Virginia guy. He looked like one of those hunters. And, you know, I, I think he was wearing the, you know, the, the, the boots, you know, the water boots and everything. But anyway, um, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I don't want this guy helping me out. You know, I got it, man. I got this. But, but I feel like the Lord said, let him help you out. I, I don't want this guy to help me. I got USAA. I can, I can handle this myself. I don't want this West Virginian guy, you know, trying to help me out. But that's what I was thinking. I didn't say anything. I was just looking. I'm like, God, is this the best you could bring me? You know, no. And, um, but this guy was very loving and very kind. And we sometimes we judge people and, and we should not be judging people because God's bringing people. So we want to help us, even if it may not be the person we wanted to help us. Amen. And he says to me, he said, listen, I, and I was thinking in my mind, I can do this myself. But he was persistent. I said, God, OK, I'll let this guy help me. And uh, and so he said, listen, I can, you know, what you can do is get fix a flat and you can pray. I never even thought about that. I said, yeah, I can get fix a fix a flat. And he said, and he said, you know, we don't know this area because we are from West Virginia. And, and, and but uh, but let me ask my wife. It would be OK. I said, I don't. I said, I, you don't have, you know, if it's, if it's too much of a bother, I was trying to get him to go away. If it's too much of a bother, you don't. Have, and she said it was OK. So I so so I said, she he said, well, why don't we find some kind of service station or Walmart, which Walmart was like about three miles away. And we went to Walmart. I picked up one of these things to pump up that tire. And so anyway, uh, I was able to get up one of those things, pump up my tire. And he was still there. And I had some cash and I, and I wanted to bless him. So I blessed him with some cash so that him and his wife could have dinner that night. And, you know, uh, the thing was that God doesn't want us doing it by ourselves. Amen. In other words, he helped me, but I help him to have a good dinner. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I always feel the need. I don't know why. It's when somebody does something nice for me, I always want to do something nice for them. Amen. We should have that in, in our heart. When, especially when God does something nice for, for us, we should always want to be reciprocating and doing something nice for others. Amen? And that's the reason why this, this church is built, and we're building this church, what we call on servant leaders. Leaders, And we believe that every member is a minister. And we believe that all, each one of you should be in some type of ministry in this church. An usher, a greeter, a teacher, you know, a setup person, a breakdown person. Or, 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 or a, a person that's doing the lawn or cleaning or doing something. Because we all have gifts and talents. And when we come together and we put those gifts and talents together, it makes a mighty, powerful church for God. And so really, when we come together and the, and the enemy will try to make us think we can handle our own problems by ourselves, we can handle our own situation. No, God wants us to be, be working with other people. Amen. He, he wants us to work together with other people. Amen. And so that's why it says in Ecclesiastes 4.12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and, and conquer. Three are even better for a triple break. 
frayed cord is not easily broken. So Ecclesiastes is talking about that we need each other and we need to be with each other and we need to help one another. We need to be a blessing to one another. I'm going to say this, that your problem you're going through is temporary. It's subject to change. And as we keep our eyes on Jesus, as we keep our eyes on the on the 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 prize, it's going to be easier for us to get through our problems. Jesus knew when he was going to the cross, he told his disciples. They were, he said, don't be worried about me leaving because I'm going to prepare a place for you. This is in John 14. And if I go to prepare a place for you, then I will come back and bring you to the place that I'm preparing for you. God is preparing the best place. This isn't heaven, but we're getting to heaven and we're not going to get to heaven tattered and torn and beat up. We're going to get to heaven as victors and mighty conquerors. Let's bow our heads and prayer. Father, I just thank you, Father God, that you are so good. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you're calling us not to do our faith by ourselves, but you're calling us to do our faith with other people. That's why you invented church. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, that there are people out here that just feel like they can just do it by themselves or that they don't even perhaps even need your help, God. But we need your help. Maybe you're here today and or in the auditorium or maybe you're watching online and you have never really asked God for help. You 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 haven't asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Well, today is the day of salvation and and you believe it or not, you may not feel like you need God right now, but there's going to be a point where you're going to need God. So I'm going to say this, receive him today because the storm is coming. So say this to me, uh, say this out loud, mean in your heart. If you want to make a, a God connection today, just say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. I'm turning my back on sin and selfishness and turning fully to you. Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And thank you for helping me to live this life victoriously in you. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.